welcome if you're here after the first half that we had last week welcome back with us and last week if you recall i got to number four um because we had quite a few uh, foundational things i wanted to talk to you about before i got to these 12 ideas so we're going to do the next eight of these ideas i had these strategies these bits of wisdom that i think will help you be more in charge in control of 2020 remember now What's coming is unlived, it's unscripted, it's not fixed, it's not fastened. I think you have to, I think we humans have to remind ourselves that what is unlived is up for grabs. I think the older you get, the harder it is to believe that that is true. The more set in our ways we get, the more established we get in our habits of life and our mentalities and belief systems and framings, the less we think we can change outcomes. And I want you to, to say to you again, that is not true. That everything's to play for this year, no matter, no matter where you're coming from, what age and stage of life, it is unlived. And so we are in the front end of 2020. So these ideas are definitely going to help you to think more intentionally about controlling outcomes this year and even changing established patterns that you may feel you're trapped in, you are not. So number five of these 12 ideas, having got to number four last week, of be a hummingbird, not a woodpecker, using those two birds as metaphors for the type of human I think we need to be this year, a more curious one, hummingbird, than a fixed, uh, rooted in a set passion and a set way of doing things, woodpecker type bird that hammers away all day at the same thing, so having said that, let me move straight to number five, which is get out of control on a regular basis this year. There I said it to you. Um, just in case your New Year's resolution was, I will never be out of control again, <laughs> which if you're a more controlling person, then that is the last thing you want to hear from me. Get out of control on a regular basis this year. I don't mean do anything crazy or illegal, though what is crazy and illegal is open to opinion, of course. But I mean, we do not grow in environments we control. If you're in charge and in control and everything's buttoned down and nailed down and predictable and the same, and that's how you like it, I get that. But you will not grow in environments, situations, circumstances, relationships where you always are in control. So this year, I'm wanting to encourage you to find out what happens to you when you are not in control. Now, you may not feel in control in your life now, but I don't include feeling not in control um, when others are forcing that on you. What I'm advocating is get out of control and make it your idea. So being out of control means that you deliberately get out of your comfort zone, get out of your depth. I don't want you to see how you feel when that happens, and then whatever comes up in you when you're out of control? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it boredom? Is it judgment? Is it narrowness? Is it, is it resist? Whatever it is that comes up in you, I want you to sit with that and analyze it and find out what it's telling you about what you need to perhaps work on. So read a book by someone who has a framing and a worldview that is the opposite to yours, go to an event, listen to a podcast, um, listen to a voice, get in a social situation that you know is uncomfortable and out of your control. 
and let that bring up in you areas that I think will be fascinating because they will point to you to areas in you and me where we need to grow in and change in and we're going to see things and experience things that we don't when we're in control. So this last 20 years for me has been an out of control 20 years because I stepped away from the comfort and the control and safety of pastoring in the same church for 30 years and stepped away from that, reinvented myself. And a big out of control element for me this last 20 years has been in the corporate setting, in social situations that corporate setting brings to me when I'm in social contexts that I just feel completely out of my depth. It has been scary as hell, very good for me. It'll be very good for you because if you are always the smartest person in the room, which you will be if you control the room, then that room is really becoming a jail and a prison and a coffin for you. So this year, um, determine that I am going to occasionally and more often than I've ever done before, get out of control um, in whatever way that looks like to you. It can be small things. Don't announce it. Don't tell anyone. It's good to be grand. Just you knowing I'm not in control here. I feel nervous. I feel uncomfortable. I want to run. I feel angry. I feel I want to speak up. I feel I want to give my opinion. Don't. Get in a situation where that doesn't happen and you don't default back to I'm in charge and just be out of control and enjoy it because I think there's some growth to be had this year for us all if we get out of control on purpose more intentionally this year. All right, number six, best. Best is not a permanent state. Better is. I know some of you writing it down, so I'll pause, give you a minute or two to do that. Best is not a permanent state. This year, you are not looking for best. Don't settle for best. Don't get around things that claim to be best. Um, what I mean by this is that is that there is no more growth when we decide that this is best, we are best, I am best, I'm doing the best, this is the best. Best is not a permanent state. It only lasts until someone else comes along with someone be something better and they always do. Organizations historically that have decided that they are the best and they have the best idea, the best product, and settled into that are no longer here. And so best is not a permanent state. So don't this year be aiming for best. Best is an ego word. Better is a humble word. Best gives a false win. When we use the word best, it suggests a false win that actually isn't authentic. When we live in the realm of better, when we're trying to do better and be better, it always leaves room for improvement. When people think there isn't room for improvement, the idea of better, how can I do better? How can I read something, listen to something, go somewhere, watch something that's going to make me a bit better, even if it's a small incremental piece of better? It is going to serve you better to have a philosophy that that being better is better than trying to be the best. We can do better beats we are the best any day, all day. So don't look for best this year and don't, don't um, buy into the fallacy that this is the best I can be. This is the best way to do a thing. 
these are the best people to be involved because better is going to leave you room to always find maybe a little extra millimeter of improvement, a little, a little extra um, thinking, a little extra addition that you didn't have if you've settled into with the best. Once you settle into best, you begin to overserve that in you and in others. Then it becomes safe and comfortable. And eventually you're not aware you've been left behind. So you don't want best. You want to be committed this year to getting better and being better than you were this time last year, being a better version of you, doing what you're doing better, leading better, being a better human. Best is not what we're after. Better is. All right. Number seven, boundaries. I want to encourage you to be intentional about setting boundaries this year. Um, boundaries are not appreciated by other people if they're on the wrong side of the boundary when you draw the line. Um, empathy, and I encourage empathy. I think empathy is a superpower. But empathy without boundaries is really self-destruction. You've got to have some border control in your life by setting boundaries. And if you've never set boundaries because you're afraid to, because you are too bothered about someone else's approval or or acceptance of a boundary. So your boundaries become a negotiation instead of something you determine yourself. If you're not good with boundary setting, this will not come easy to you. But this year, I promise you, will be hijacked by illegal immigration, as it were, metaphorically, coming over your boundaries, over your borders, and running, playing havoc with you. So I'm encouraging some of you, especially that are not good at this, if you want to have a year on your terms, you can't just drift because by already for some of you, but certainly by middle of the year, you're going to have so many people overrunning your borders because you had none, that you're going to be exhausted trying to deal with what should have never been in your life in the first place. So these boundaries, of course, many of these are internal. You have to have internal boundaries that are in agreements with yourself. But I'm thinking particularly about people who take advantage of you. And so I don't want another drink is a boundary statement. I'm not going to listen to this stuff anymore is a boundary statement. Um, please don't keep asking me when we're going to start a family is a boundary statement. If you don't treat my partner well, I won't come anymore either, is a boundary-making statement. Yes, these people are my friends. Yes, she, he is my friend, and I don't care what you think, is a boundary statement. So that's what I mean. And some of these are more costly and are more um, stakes are higher than others, but I'd encourage you to start small. It's clear if you've noticed on social media, it's all over the world that Harry and Meghan have decided to set some boundaries for their lives. And it's not going down well with the status quo powers that be, certainly in royal circles. And it seems to me that Harry and Meghan are deciding we don't want to default to a business as usual 2020. We don't want to default to playing this royal role. They are decided that they're going to have some boundaries and they're the first royals to ever do it 
Diana tried it. And I think Harry learned from that. And I think they are concerned for the um, well-being of their future family and their own health, their own mental health. So, hey, if Harry and Meghan can do it with everything that must be caused, costing them in terms of trouble and others' opinions um, and the drama it's causing, then so can you. So I want you this year to start now by setting boundaries. Be a person known to have boundaries because you haven't been in the past. You have been exhausted trying to deal with not having boundaries. And I promise you, if you don't have boundaries, you'll finish up managing all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't be managing that boundaries protect you from. So get some boundaries this year. Number eight, be a strategic quitter this year. A strategic quitter is different to a reactive quitter. We've all quit reactively. That's it. I'm done. I'm out of here. Um, that's not what I mean by strategic quitting. It's quitting on your terms. It's quitting intentionally. It's designer best book quitting. You know, the old adage and cliche, winners never quit and quitters never win, is not true. And I say that because quitting has been given bad press. The word quitting is negative connotations. So we have developed this resistance to quitting as if it's always and only a bad thing. It's not. Strategic quitting is what winners do all the time. Everybody that you would consider to be a winner, if you listen to them carefully, they will tell you, whatever they call it, that they have, they have spent years strategically pruning their lives, strategically stepping away from what's not working, realizing I'm not good at this, this is not the best way to do it, these are not the best people to do it, this was not the best time to do it, this is not the best place and environment to do it. All of that is strategic quitting. I don't want you this year to start already saying, I am not going this year to do that this way anymore, or do that anymore, the timing's wrong, the situation's wrong, I am not ready, this is not right, whatever it may be, it's called strategic quitting. So this year, don't be afraid of quitting something, stepping away from something, discontinuing something, because you know that to continue that is gonna be, is gonna create a lot of artificial drama in my life. So be a strategic, designer rather than default quitter. I just people all I said to people all the time, listen, I know you hate your job and you're fed up, but reactive quitting will put you out of work and no money. So rather than be a reactive quitter, quit strategically on your terms and giving your notice when you have a better job, you've got a safer situation, it's a preferred option, then's the time to quit rather than I'm gonna show you. You know they're gonna show you because you're gonna reactively quit and things are not set up and in place yet for that quitting to have a soft landing for you. So be a strategic quitter this year. All year, quit. All year, be a quitter. And quit things that no one even knows you quit. Some of these are just tweaks that you make. Some of these are just nuances of adjustments you make that would all fall under the heading of, I am a constant, addictive, strategic quitter of things that I know if I continue in, it will become a hindrance to me. Be a strategic quitter. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to today's podcast. I hope you found it beneficial. 
And uh, I know time is precious commodity for us all, but I would love it if you would take the time to write a review or comment. And above all, maybe subscribe to my podcast channel. Thank you.